Good morning and welcome to We Ask Watson. I'm Jerry and I'm an ambassador for Watson's Daily. And as usual, joining me today is Peter Watson. Good morning. Hi there. Uh, now, since my story is more macroeconomic, in an unprecedented move, I'll be going first. <laughs> uh, my favorite story of the day was about the economic effects of the election, um, particularly with regard to this absence of what people are calling the blue wave. Uh, now, Democrats are obviously looking to obtain a majority for both the presidency and the Senate. But the fact that the election doesn't look like it's going to be a landslide will probably mean that even if Biden is elected, any legislative action he hopes to push through will face strong opposition. Um, so what do you think will be the implications of this kind of a stalemate, especially with regard to the stimulus proposals that are a major talking point at the moment? Well, I think that it's it's just going to make everything a, a, a massive nightmare um, because um, I think that the whoever's in opposition is just going to you know, have their own agenda. Are they going to make it very difficult, you know, as, as difficult as they can um, for, well, I mean, it look, at the moment it looks like Biden is, is going to get in. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think they're just going to make it very difficult. So they will, the, the, the thing is, is that America needs like all other countries really needs um, to have lot strong leadership to put through probably controversial and unpopular legislation and <clears throat> as well as um, difficult things like stimulus and they need a majority to be able to do this kind of thing and push stuff through um, but the fact that they they won't have um, much power to do so will just mean that anything that is proposed is likely to be a lot you know watered down versus the original um, versus the original idea and I suspect that it just means that things are going to be a lot more difficult to do. And I think you need at this at the way that the global economy is at the moment, you need to have strong leadership that can push through unpopular stuff in order to get stuff done. So. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I I think I said to you the other day that when when I, um, someone else asked me about what I thought was going to happen with this election, I just said, look. I just really hope that whoever wins wins big, um, because at least they'll be they've got a fighting chance of being able to achieve stuff. Um, but I think that this, you know, the way things are going now, it just looks like that anything that's difficult or controversial um, is going to be nigh on impossible to uh, to execute. It's also been quite interesting if you look at the energy sector, um, the failure of this blue wave to manifest. You know, back mm. in 2017, Trump announced that the US would be withdrawing from the Paris Agreement, yep. which is, of course, the Accords uh, looking to slow climate change, and they set targets mm. on that. Um, and this withdrawal was actually finally completed yesterday. Mm. Uh, he's also consistently promoted the deregulation of fossil fuels and scrap pollution controls, which mm. is a pretty clear indication of his views on climate change itself. Yep. In contrast, if you look at Biden, he's recently stated that he will rejoin the Paris Agreement on day one of his presidency. And looking back at July of this year, he announced a $2 trillion green energy and infrastructure plan. Yep. Um, so I think the energy sector will definitely be very interested in the results of this election. What does the uh, stock market tell us about how investors are feeling? Well, certainly, I mean, the um, you know, oil, oil companies, related companies actually um, you know, rebounded um, pretty strongly as a result of this. And it's just... Again, as a um, because because of what you've just said, um, that uh, if a, you know if Biden had um, if a Biden presidency would have seen a very big swing towards um, renewable energy, 
um, whereas Trump a Trump win would not have done. I mean, even if Biden gets in, um, you know, you can imagine him trying to put forward the the um, plans to, for a massive sort of green infrastructure mm. push. But there's going to be a huge amount of pushback from the opposition. Um, and, and I just think that uh, if they do get this is an example of something that I think that if they do try and push it through um, it, you know, by the time it does get enacted, it will be a very much of a watered down version of the original um, of the original idea. It's just an, an example of how weak leadership can just lead to things being in limbo all the time. Given this in a conflict that we're likely to see in uh, the, uh, the the in Congress, what do you think about the implications for foreign trade, particularly with regard to China, who we know have had you know trade wars with America in the past? Yeah, um, I do think that it it may mean that. Um... I mean, I know that Biden is not saying he's not going to be suddenly be best mates with China, but I would have thought that um, he would be more receptive to a thawing of relations. And I think that China would also probably um, want to encourage that as well. So they might um, decide to offer more concessions, perhaps, um, rather than the... I mean, it seems to me that the whole thing with Trump has been very um, aggressive, very confrontational, all right from day one, really. And even when they reached that agreement, it all seemed fairly aggressive even then, because, you know, he it wasn't uh, touted as a done deal. It was a right. This is a phase one. And if it doesn't work, then we're going to go back to, you know, imposing tariffs and stuff like that. So. You know, I think that it it may mean that there might be a thought. I'd say there's a higher chance of a thawing of relations. Not a, it's not going to be warm particularly, but I think they might maybe with a Biden win, maybe a thawing of relations. But obviously, we'll just have to see. Mm. I think the both candidates' views on China is definitely an issue that will possibly sway voters. Another yeah. potentially influential issue for voters is the gig economy, which Biden has recently said should offer more protection to workers. And I think that yep. leads nicely onto your story, doesn't it, Peter? There you go. That was beautifully done. Seamless, seamless. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so so my favourite story today was all about um, the fact that California voters, um, they actually, uh, you know, their verdict on, on the vote was that um, it meant that gig economy players like Uber, Lyft and DoorDash are allowed to treat their workers as um, contractors and not employees. I mean, the, the big difference here is that, and, and just simplifying it, is the fact that um, employees get sick pay, holiday pay, all that kind of stuff. Um, and in other words, that costs money for the employer. Um, and if you tr do what the um, gig economy companies currently do which is treat their workers as um contractors which means that yes they have more freedom but what they make up for in freedom they lack in terms of um employee benefits and arguably um job certainty to an extent so this is this is a major thing so 
last um, last year, um, California lawmakers um, they came to a verdict saying that actually they should be treated; these workers should be treated as employees. <clears throat> now, apparently, that would have added something. Depending what you read, um, it, you know, it would have it would have um, added five percent. Of uh, onto costs in terms of how much it would have cost to em- em- employ um, e- each uh, each employee versus versus the previous state of affairs. Um, the law actually came into effect from January this year, but um, no one put it into place. Um, so they, I suppose, that was quite a risky thing to do. So then, what they all did then is they all put money into a pot. Um, to try to push for something called Proposition 22, which is basically this the vote that they've just that they've just done, and what that would do is to circumvent the law that um, those California lawmakers made, um, and that is what the Uber and Lyft and DoorDash etc. have won. Um, it's a it's a major step, I think, and you know their share prices, uh, sort of Uber and Lyft share prices went up sort of 13, 15%. Um, as a result of this, because I think that this has been a cloud that's been hanging over them uh, for quite some time, because not only have you got the the whole thing of, um, you know, them losing a, a huge amount of business in terms of their ride sharing, um, but also, obviously, you've got an economic backdrop, you've got, yeah, which is which is very difficult. And companies are trying to reduce their costs, not increase them. So I think this is a really you know, this will be a, a, a sort of great relief for all gig economy em- employers um, and may maybe, you know, arguably for employees as well, you know, because, I mean, some of them um, w- will enjoy the, this whole freedom that, that they get. Uh, and actually, as it turns out, because it as a way of um, maybe trying to encourage um, uh, voters to you know, vote more with with the likes of Uber and Lyft. They have softened their stance slightly and offered, you know, um, some concessions. I think it's like some holidays or something like that. So they've offered some concessions, which has meant that their costs have incre- will increase by one percent versus they would have increased by five percent had um, the law that the California make, uh, lawmakers came out with, uh, you know, been followed. So I don't know. It's 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 de- it's a it's a win for them. It it's so, so I guess it's a you know it's a win for supporters of of gig gig economy um, work. But um, I don't think this is the end of it. And I think that um, you know that you'll be hearing more about this at the moment. So I think they've they've won the battle, and it is a big battle. But I don't think they've won the war. Mm, I mean, it wasn't really a fair fight to begin with. I don't think. It was, I think the Proposition 22 was the most expensive ballot measure campaign in state history and obviously backed by yeah. Uber and Lyft. Um, yeah. Both of them had threatened to leave the state if, if the vote didn't go the way they wanted. And they also employed yeah. fairly aggressive tactics where they sent out emails to all their riders encouraging them to vote yes. Um, with Biden's views on, on the gig economy, do you think maybe we're looking at a shift in the future where he imposes measures which are willing to, to challenge Uber and Lyft again? Yeah, I mean, he could do. Um, but you know what? I think he's probably got more pressing issues on his mind. I'd say that that one will just, you know, that, I think that, that it is something to think about. 
um, because obviously, actually, the gig economy is is very relevant to our current economic circumstances. What with um, uh, you know some of these like Uber etc. offering uh, delivery services for grocery shopping and and all that kind, of, so they're trying to um, you know pivot their business. So it is still it is still relevant, but like I think that maybe Biden is going to have other things on his plate for the moment. So I think that this this decision has and this vote has just bought the uh, these these uh, these companies a bit more time, um, which you know obviously they they need. Is there anything else you have to add then? Um, not to this story, no. Um, uh, but I mean, I would say, in sort of more generally, um, today today's the last day you could get um, uh, Watson's Daily for two ninety nine a month. Um, tomorrow it's going to go to three ninety nine a month for the cheapest uh, uh, for the cheapest subscription. There's loads more stuff to come. I'm trying to put a a, a, a film together today of the new some of the new um uh, uh bits that you, that will be available um to subscribers and you know I've, I've referred to it before the directory that is really going to transform your understanding of everything uh, you know of, of, of your use of this um of watson's daily as a resource so um yeah you know i it's it's going it's going on today there's lots of there's lots going on here um so i'll just leave it i'll just leave it there do you want to talk about the <laughs> oh, the calls later on as well yeah yes that's right yes so i was going to thank you for that uh, yeah so um so if you are a paying subscriber then i will do uh, you know i do a zoom call um for you and um i will do a rundown of the week's uh you know main business and and financial markets moves um and uh, you know and some thoughts about that um to be followed by then um discussion a q and a um from yourselves and then um and then a chance for discussion as well so you know there's that and then um for those of you who are free subscribers um or in fact anyone really uh if you if you are free at five o'clock, um, I do a, um, a live, uh, uh, an Instagram live uh, where you can ask me anything. So I will mention a few things um, from the week, um, but it won't be as comprehensive as the other one. Um, and you can ask me any any questions you like. So there you go. That's there we there I think we we're are. done for today. Then always Indeed. nice to talk to you, and I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Br brilliant. Okay. Thanks, thanks. a lot, Jerry. Bye. See ya, bye.